Um, check, 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 one, two, check, one, two. Miami hey. on the rocks. Casey Chops, make sure you follow us on Instagram at MIA on the rocks. Follow us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Today's guest got my Shake the Block brother, DJ Five Venoms. Hey, what's up, my bro? Why are you forgetting to do that shit, bro? I feel crunchy because everyone does it and I miss it every nah, single time. Nah, you're not bro. the only way. It's, right. like, it, it's like when Bobby's around, it's all the you time. You remember it? Yeah. I don't, I don't no, see. when Bobby's around, I remember it. But like, it'll be like, pull up on like Bullet or Fact. Yeah. It's just like whatever. But like, when Bobby's around, everyone's yeah, on no, the, the New Yorkers, they all do the yeah. handshake. I'm like, damn, bro. I got to like remember to do that shit, bro. Oh, I got DJ Five Venoms in here. If I'm going to have DJs on the podcast, you know they're going to be big DJs doing their thing. Um, you are the official DJ for Rolling Loud, right? Correct, correct. And, you know, Rolling Loud is the biggest hip-hop festival in the world. Yes. You've been um, the two founders, um, Matt and Tariq. And they have been, um, they're from South Florida, and they've been doing their thing forever. So, you know, that's probably one of the one of the top biggest South Florida success stories I could probably come up with because um, I remember them from back in the days doing underground shows and and, and, and and booking the hip-hop acts and fast forward they have you know the biggest hip-hop festival in the world and you um, are the main DJ there bro so you're always traveling you've yes. been all around the world you know you're right there with the hip-hop like you've probably been to more hip-hop festivals than anyone any DJ in the world bro Probably close to it. I mean, I mean, like, yeah. I th like, I was trying to count all the festivals oh, like this weekend because this is our ninth year technically, um, and we've been throwing the festival since like 2015. So started in Miami, and like the first, I want to say, two years it was just one festival a year. Then our third year, 2017, it became three festivals. We did Miami and um at uh bayfront mm -hmm. and then we did our first bay area show and then uh our first socal show so that was like the first time we started traveling and taking mm -hmm. it outside of miami and then i mean you go today and we got like festivals all around the world technically yeah how many how many shows are you doing a year would you say um Rolling Loud shows. Yeah, Rolling Loud shows. Well, this year, I believe, it's going to be eight shows altogether, eight, okay. nine shows. And, um, I mean, last year we did Portugal for the first time. We did Netherlands for the first time. And then we did uh, California. Well, we, we did California this year. We did uh, New York, Miami. Uh, what else did we do? Portugal. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a blur. Yeah, it's a, I can imagine, bro, being on the road so much like that, like... Nah, yeah. it's been dope. It's been a blessing, bro. Like the the experience of going to all these different markets and mm -hmm. seeing like not only their hip hop, but how they appreciate you know U.S. hip hop and uh, the hip hop. You know, uh, we just got back from L.A. and we have a lot of New York artists, Southern artists, and it's appreciated just as much as the mm -hmm. L.A. artists and the California artists that are booked for the show. Damn, bro, I have dope. so many questions I want to ask you, bro. It's just crazy. <laughs> um, so. We're going to get to your story. Let's get to, mm -hmm. um, where is the most lit, what is the most lit show you've ever done? That The most memorable one? Uh, that, that's a, that's a weird, not a weird question. That's like a, each show has its own. It's like trying to choose between children. Like yeah, your exactly. Yeah. I mean, Miami is the Liz. That's our biggest show. That's our flagship show. That's okay. like. So it still feels like the flagship show yeah. even today. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, it's definitely we, that we, we purposely make that our biggest show gotcha. because it's, it's home. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, we're not traveling to it. We're not, it's mm. home. It's in our backyard. So we got to show out in our backyard. Uh, you know, we do that at Hard Rock Stadium. Mm -hmm. So that, uh, I believe that'll be our fourth year there mm -hmm. now, th this year coming up. So that's like our flagship, our biggest show. Uh, I We used to do the Bay Area. That used to be my favorite show because it was really chill. I like the vibe in the Bay. Um, okay. Like being in Oakland and like... It's two yes. different hip hop. It's, it, 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 it's very different crowds, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like... Um, what, well, first of all, are you from, where are you from? I'm from New Jersey originally. Okay. Uh, and then grew up in, grew up in New Jersey, uh, went to school in Orlando. So I lived in Orlando for 10 years and then I moved to Miami. Okay. And okay. So let's just get the story out the way. How did you link up with, um, Matt? How did you get in with the Rolling Loud? 
So uh, that started before Rolling Loud was even a thing. This is like 2010. I was DJing for an artist named West Fifth in Orlando. And uh, Tarek and Matt were promoters. Like they were starting this promotion company called Dopey and T. And they were taking hip hop that they listened to that they seen like a void. Like, yo, these artists aren't coming through Florida. So we're going to bring these artists to Florida. I remember them for doing so, that, bro. I'll never forget that. So... Uh, 2010, they started doing that, and uh, one of the first shows they did was Currency. So they brought Currency to Orlando, Remember that Tampa, too. Miami, and for like that Orlando show, uh, they had Book West as like an opening artist to help with like the promotion. He was a popping artist in Orlando, so it's like, yo, you're promoting that you're performing at this right, show. It, it helps sense. with ticket sales. So that's when I originally met them, and we did a few shows and tours with them, and I had just asked targets like yo let me open up these shows for you and at the time uh dj demp was doing a lot of the shows with mm -hmm. them because they had their they had uh with the school in tallahassee so they they were really good and locked in with Demp. so uh one of the first shows i did for them maybe like a might have been like a year after that first currency show was another currency show and like demp came did his thing and then uh or actually no i dj'd open for demp demp came did his thing and they kind of like locked me in as their dj for orlando so i was doing all the dopey and t shows in orlando uh and then eventually when they came up for the idea for rolling loud that transitioned me into doing rolling louds so that first one in miami coming down and i'm running a stage and djing for the artist or in djing sets in between and mm -hmm. And then that just built up the next year, same yeah. thing, holding down the stage, DJing. And then when we started traveling, I, you know, I f actually flew myself out to the first uh, out of state show mm -hmm. and like kind of like submitted myself, like, yo, I'm here. Like, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And that's when it like really became like, yo, you're Rolling Loud's DJ. So you started DJing in the clubs? Clubs, yes, yeah. clubs. And that, and that was the thing too, was when I'm living in Orlando, DJing clubs. And I'm not from Orlando, so I'm like kind of like the odd guy out. When this is the era of 2000, well, what era is this? Like this is year 2010 wise? through like Man, I was up there a lot too. My, I want to say, well, this is 2010 through 15 is the era of me DJing the Dopey and T shows gotcha. into Rolling Louds, and and pretty much probably like 2017, 18. Yeah, because I moved down here around in uh, 2000, the end of 17 into 18. Uh, that whole era. So I'm DJing clubs um, and I'm DJing these shows. Right. So a lot of people weren't getting it at first. Like, yo, why are you doing these I was, shows? I was going to say, because their, Matt, their whole approach with the shows that they did is it kind of felt like it was anti-mainstream. Like it was like, we're going to give time, you, yeah, yeah. we're going to give you, you know, so... As a club DJ, you got to play the mainstream songs to get the club moving. Mm -hmm. So they, they want you to go to this these, I guess you could call them underground shows at the yep. time. And and are you there like, damn, bro, I don't want to play like the mainstream stuff because this is probably like a backpack. It's a different crowd, you know, or no? Is well, it at first, mm -hmm. I was playing the mainstream stuff at these shows. So I'm playing like 90s hip hop. I'm mm -hmm. playing... Uh, you know, at the I mean, Wiz is big at that time, and 2010. Like you playing like the Young Money stuff, probably. Yeah, like, Young Money, yeah, Wayne, Nikki, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, just like um, a little bit of the Drake stuff, like all that stuff, like bubbling up mm -hmm. as the mainstream. But and then uh, it was crazy because Tark sent me like a photo. He's like, "Yo, try these songs out," mm -hmm. and it's like Denzel Curry, mm. Puya, mm. Rob Banks. It's a lot of the Florida guys that he was tapped in with that he was going to be bringing mm. on through tours and everything. He's like, and I, I remember I played, uh, I think one of the first songs that like tapped me in with it was uh, Threats with Denzel Curry, Rob Banks, and um, Young Semi. Okay. And like the reaction that you've seen is like what you see now with Rolling Loud with the mosh pits, with the crowd yeah. jumping up and down. And I'm like, oh, okay. it was like a... It just hit. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, this is different. This yeah, is a this different is like the reaction. Beginning of like that rocker mosh pit turn exactly. up, like, like mosh pit vibe. You like know, like that culture, like of that type of hip hop. What was year its was own this? Thing. This was like 20. I think it had to be 15, maybe. Yeah, in that range, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it had to be. Um, who was the first one that kind of started that? Would you? I guess we have to say Travis Scott, right? Like, no. Um. I wanted, I mean, there, there's, um, 
to start it, it ha. Huh. Because hip hop festivals were never a thing. If that, I would make an argument that if that culture didn't pop off, like festivals wouldn't have popped off because you need, yeah, it, it turned that mosh pit turn up like vibe, like is what made the festival work for hip hop. Yeah, know? I mean, it, there was a lot uh, going on in different areas. Like you had guys in Memphis turning up in LA, New York, mm -hmm. uh, Florida heavily, mm -hmm. Florida heavily, Texas. So it was like different pockets of it. And, um, I mean, for, I think for like Florida, it was like the Raider clan guys, which includes a lot of the, you know, the Denzel Curry's and the young Simmies, like there's a whole culture. Mm -hmm built around that style of music. In New York, you had, you know, ASAP Mob. Mm, but yeah, around that culture. What is, the, but you said um, you like the vibe in the Bay Area. Their music is more, you know, up-tempo, high -fi. Yeah. It's a, different, it's a different bounce. What what do you see the difference in, like, rolling out over there? Um, I remember vividly one of the shows, like, I'm, like, walking through the crowd, and, like, I think, like, uh, E-40's performing, and people are in line dancing. Like, just, like, it's a party. Like, right. the Bay Area show, like, when they say, like, Rolling Loud's a party, it's literally a party. People are dancing in the crowd, like, vibing. Like, it, mm -hmm. um, it was, yeah, it's just, it's just a vibe. It's, like, a big party up there. Mm -hmm. And, like, the energy was, like, good. Like, really good energy. Sometimes, you know, it's, like, when you get into hip-hop, sometimes the energy can be a little yeah, crazy, it, depending yeah. on... But, like, everybody had that vibe. It's very relaxed. It's also a market that's, like, not bougie, I want to say, but for lack Gosh, of words. Really? like it, a lot it, of ego in that market. Yeah, it's like Miami. It's a lot of yeah. money. A lot of people pull up to Miami. L.A., it's Hollywood. It's a lot of people pull up. A New lot York. of superficialism, like, going yeah. on, like... Yeah, you don't get too many calls of like, yo, I'm flying out to Oakland to come see yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll pull it up. So it's like, I mean, you do, but it's like, it's just a very like blue collar type of vibe yeah. versus like everybody's like, Trying everybody's chilling. Yeah. It's a vibe. Like it, security's cool. Like the artists are cool. The other part are, is that like the artists in the Bay doesn't matter like the scale. Like they could be, you know, the, the up and coming, they got fans. Like there's, I, I've seen like the, you know, the opener on the stage three have like a hundred people and like 50 of them know the words to the song. Damn. Yeah. So my, like it's, it's stuff like that, that you see, like they're really tapped into the artists and their market. I wanted to go. So I went to the Bay area for the first time two years ago, 2021. And for the sake of like the culture, like, you know, I know it has the heavy hip hop culture. So I went there and I told I stayed half the time in San Francisco, like in the city. Then I stayed mm -hmm. half the time in, in Oakland. And I told my boy, bro, take me to the spots. Like, I want to see the culture. And, bro, he put me on the music. I'm like, it's such a different vibe and pocket, yeah. like sonically with the music. But he's put me on to like, oh, I forgot his name. Is it Mike something? Mike, Mike Sherm. Mike Sherm, bro. He put me on. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I haven't heard. And people are vibing to the in it. So it has like that regional. Yeah, Mike. Mike's a perfect example of that. Like mm -hmm. that movement. I remember the first time I met Mike. I DJ for Mike for the first Bay show we did in Oakland. So he needed a DJ and I was the house DJ. So Link with him, gave me the music and play. So like I'm not too familiar with him at all. I hit play and the whole entire place went crazy. And this is years ago. Yeah. Like everywhere the song. Girls in the front row just screaming it. Yeah. And he coming out like, you know, like he been the star in the city forever. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like that type of reality. I'm like, oh, this dude is lit, and he just been that way. I like, just like that it has its distinct sound. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. a lot of the regionalism got lost in hip-hop because of social media, and everyone's just like, you know, but the Bay still has maintained their, you know, and I, I gravitate to it, too, because... I'm not a, I'm not so much a fan of the flows, but I'm more of a fan of the production because I feel like oh, yeah. everything got trapped out and like sleepy and slow in the mainstream that the Bay still has their high fee, like 99 BPM, 100 BPM. Like you could play on the West Coast in general. Like I went yeah. to a club, you know, you DJ on the West Coast, you could play 100 BPM the whole night. And people Facts. are cool. Facts. You can't. I just, I mean, I just came back, uh, we did Hyde and uh, I was DJing with uh, DJ Vision. Dope. And... 
in that vibe, like hundred yeah. BPM, like boom, bang, and there's a lot of stuff I I wasn't even familiar with, and the club's going crazy singing it. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, but and that's that vibe, but it's a party vibe. Yeah, and a lot of as being DJs, it's like we like that, like that whole that whole mustard era where it was yeah. just like yeah, it, was, it, it gave us balance from, and that's what you know. Uh, I, I'm transparent as far as being a DJ, where I'm not it. I don't know if you feel like this vibe, but like lately it's been, it feels like it's harder to get energy from the crowd because of the type of hip hop that the, these artists are making. It's not really party music. Yes. It's, it's more sleepy. They're, it's a downer, you know, they're yes. on, they're leaned out. Like, like they're, I, I'll say it as a joke. I can't wait for, for, for artists to start doing cocaine again because yo, <laughs> this, this shit is so sleepy and yes. chill that, that yes. when you, when you got that, that's why I, I made, I have this theory as well as, as far as Miami goes, why the Latin and the reggaeton popped off because yes. it's that 90 BPM that gives us that balance of the 70 BPM. You need that 90, hundred BPM to balance out the 70 slow trap shit. Yes. We don't have a lot of that 90 BPM here. You know what I'm saying? But when you go to the West coast, they, they have... You, most of your set is that, so yeah. you, you don't feel that pressure as a DJ. It's easier to like keep the room. You know what I mean? It feels. Like, I don't know if you agree flow, with me. Like, no, I agree hundred okay. uh, percent. I've had these combos where other DJs just mm -hmm. like that, like the ener the party energy. Like people are just in Miami. I I don't know about other markets too. Like, but like I know as Miami, it's like yo, play the hits, play the hits, and most of those hits are like these slow, drainy things, and you're just in here like they're 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 and. It, how this is. As a DJ, I like the upbeatness of a room, right? Right. Like, and we play the light. Because yeah. that is energy, you know? Yeah, the energy. So what I, what I find is that, like, the audience likes the music, but it's, it's nothing to react to. There's no turn up. There's no cue of party. It, it just doesn't move you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't call you to move. It doesn't, you know... So, yeah, I've noticed that, you know, and then that's why I feel like in the clubs now, especially on the beach that are, you know, hip hop driven, you got to drown them with sound effects and hit 19 rockets and <laughs> horns and spaceships and shit. Keep and, that energy. And, and, and talk crazy to, to kind of like throw sauce on top of the music to give it energy because the music itself doesn't have energy. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. Nah. It, 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 it's interesting, man. And, and, and it's cool to have this conversation with you because you've been all around the world to know, you know, what different people react to. You know, what, as far as international goes, what, what was one of your favorite international shows? Uh, so far, it's been Portugal. Uh, Portugal is such a vibe. So that show's on the actual beach. Wow. Yeah. So sand, everything that comes with being on the beach, though, right. it's sand everywhere. Like, you, I'm going back to the hotel just covered in sand yeah. every day. Uh, but you're in the sun, sand, waves crashing, wow. uh, two stages, fans from all over the world coming wow. to a beach to watch their favorite artists play. Uh, beautiful situation. Just like artists pulling up, everyone's kicking it backstage. Uh, we got the Loud Club, which is like our bottle section right. VIP. It's a vibe up there. And it's just like at night you just hear waves crashing wow. in between sets and then it's future it's playboy cardi yeah. it's you know baby keem it's like all the you know fabio foreign and the right. baby like all your favorite artists in the states are out there and it's on a beach you know does each city have the each international city you do does it do you guys kind of like fuck with some of the local acts? Yes. And, yeah. So are, are you learning like of a Portugal artist or of a Nor Norwegian artist or if you're Norway, like are you learning? Yeah. It, yes and no. And some, and some, I mean, a lot of times we're, when we're booking the international shows, it's about bringing that American uh, Rolling Loud experience because okay. they get that. But you also get the breakouts like the central seas mm. that come in and they're they are the kings over there right. and then now they're breaking into the states mm. because oh they did that rolling loud not saying that they're doing the rolling loud right, but right. that's part of it and they're getting their eyes because we're marketing it uh so yes and no like you get introduced to a lot of the international artists but, and at the same time, we're showcasing what we do over here, over there. Mm -hmm. So yes and no, because it's like I really don't get to tap in with a lot of like the up and coming. You get, mm -hmm. I'm getting introduced to like the big name guys. Got over you, there. got you. So Portugal, is there any other international show that? Yeah, we have uh, Netherlands, 
Uh, this year is going to be Netherlands, Portugal, and then we're doing Germany for the first time. Wow. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. You know what, Five, I might just go. Pull up, bro. Like, I might just pull up, (laughs) because I haven't been to Europe yet, and that would be a good reason to, like, go and check out the vibe, you know? Yeah, it's like... Um, I didn't, I didn't, we did Netherlands last year. I didn't go, but I just went like directly to Portugal. So I'm really looking forward to going to the Netherlands this year. And, you know, it's, it, it's always like, I always write down like my goals and everything. So like one of my goals is traveling the world DJing and I get to do that based off of, you know, with yeah. the festival. So it lines up and experiencing all these different cultures, uh, connecting with other DJs, other artists and all these different markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's, the same way we have it in Miami, LA, New York, Texas, like they have it over there. So yeah. it's really cool to to broaden your, I, I guess, your contacts, your network, and everything, right. and oh, meet yeah. new people, bro. Yeah, bro. What um, what what approach do you take DJing as far as in the club and on a stage, on a festival stage? So the club, I think, being on the stage has helped my club game a lot. Mm. So. I had this like theory about like DJing a club and the type of DJ versus DJing a, a show. Okay. So it's like when you go to a club, who is the crowd paying attention to in the club? The the, the DJ. They should be right, right. Like, in Unless the it's a strip club, then the girls. So are... so I was looking at um this like years ago. I was looking at like a Jazzy Jeff uh video and i'm like damn he's in a club like any other club like any other dj but the whole entire club is paying attention to him mm-hmm. they're not worried about what's going on in their section they're not at the bar but they're paying attention to them mm-hmm. so it's like but he's djing this club like he's at a show that's portrayed right so it's like that mentality of like I'm going to DJ this club like I'm doing a show, like I'm performing versus just being this music in the room and not yeah, anyone. Like yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, being in Miami, that showcases a lot. I think we are used to that style. But mm-hmm. like if you go to like, you know, small bars, you're just there. Like you're yeah. just a DJ. You're yeah, spending. Like background music. Yeah. That's why I feel like, I, I mean, I've always said this, but like I feel like Miami DJs, if some of us went over and like did clubs like on the West Coast or these mm-hmm. other places, because we make it a show, like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I feel like they're not doing that like on the West Coast. Like, they're not really stopping the music, talking to the crowd, get them to scream, drop the hit. Like, they're not really that, making it a show. The like showmanship. That. I think West Coast DJs, I say, I've said this before, I think West Coast DJs are great turntablists. They're great DJs, but it don't feel like they're putting on a show to me. When I've been there in Miami, it feels like the Miami DJs, like you know, we know how to shout out client. And it, like it seems oh, like more of a that, mic game. It's yeah. more of a mic game, you know. Over there, they're not really on the mic like that. I feel like. Yeah, like uh, I was when I was out there, um, had like MCs and stuff with help with the mic, and then here's shout outs and everything. But it's not like here where it's just like the parade and we're playing like the Rocky theme and right. all this. Like it's not that full production style, right? And uh, I really didn't get that until I moved here, to tell you the truth. Because, like, in Orlando... Well, it's fairly it was, new, yeah. that style in Miami. You know, mm-hmm. maybe, like, since 2018, maybe, is okay. when... Yeah, that, you know, the big presentations, the stop, stop the show, stop everything, pay attention, mm-hmm. look at the bottles coming through. And, you know, that, I guess, you know, if you're spending that type of money, that's what you want Yeah, in a lot of places. So, yeah. uh the other part about like the, the show versus the club is he, I'm not playing the same music that I'm playing yeah, in, was, in these these yeah. shows. Can like you give me an example of a popping song that you would play in a festival that probably you don't play in the club? Like Boss from Lil Pump. Okay. Um some stuff transfers over, I try it and it goes great. Some yeah. stuff it's like, what is this? Like I'm you know, if I'm playing like um uh, suicide Boys, right? I'm not playing any Suicide Boys in the club because yeah. I there might be three people in the. I mean, probably more than that, but like it's not a club. They're not. It's not club music. It's the right. stuff that these mosh pits and these jumping yeah. up and down at festivals. Yeah, because I guess it would be a younger. Like, what's the? What do you think is like the medium age of a, oh. of a Rolling Loud? I mean, it. We go from sixteen. 
It's probably like 22, 23. Yeah, right. Like in that range. It's like more of a yeah. college type. Yeah, route. I mean, like we we always talk about like our our core fan base is young. It, and it right. stays young. It got older. So when we first started, it was really young. I mean, you're talking about like six, pretty much high school, yeah. early college years. And a lot of those guys grew up. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting. Like when you look at our festival and like we didn't have a VIP or if we did, like it was empty. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no one was, was drinking. Just, yeah, let's turn up yeah. type college crowd. We're not worried about egos being drinking. seen. Yeah. And, like, yeah. and um, the second year we did it, we had like a very small VIP, very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, it was never like a focus. Mm. And then the next year, I think in Bayfront, I don't think we had a VIP at all. Yeah. Uh, and then we did Hard Rock, and that's when we uh, had our first. Well, at that time, we had a partnership with Liv, mm-hmm. and uh, it was that it was ran by Liv and everything. But that's when that started. But you're talking about like a three year gap. So everyone that was 18 coming to those shows is now 21. Right. You can drink and has a job mm. or you know getting yeah. some money so now they want to buy bottles and it's being marketed to the club yeah it, we're in miami we're a club city yeah. so nightlife and then that just built up so now it's like the ball players the celebrities the mm. art the, the actors the everybody's pulling up because it's now yeah. it's the the place to yeah, be it's like a festival now but it, you could like treat it like if you're at a club now yeah and, and kind of chill it is with your section bottle, and have bottle your- i mean you go look at the loud club you know all the football players, basketball players, the the, yeah. the rappers. Like after rappers after they're done their sets, they're going into the loud club, wow. got tables. You know, bottle parades coming through, yeah. the sparklers and signs. It looks like you know. What else could you What else could you compare as far as like your shows from five years ago, the crowd to the crowd now? Like, what are these? How are these new kids reacting to the music compared to five years ago? How the kids were reacting? Um, I think. Now that it's it's just more the mainstream, like what was the underground is now the mainstream. Right. Playboy Cardi was our Friday headliner at our L.A. show. Playboy Cardi was like a early midday artist at our second show. Right. And uh, same thing with Lil Uzi Vert. Now they're That's the mainstream because it's like. I guess I come from, I come from radio, bro, mm-hmm. and I come from like you mean we're in the clubs too, but it's like. Bro, there's no really Playboy Cardi songs that you play in the club. You yeah, know? So I when mean, you're telling yeah. me Playboy Cardi is the headliner of Rolling Loud in 2023, someone like me, it's hard for me to like understand that. You and know it, what I'm it's saying? hard. Like, for, it's and you're not the only one. Okay. Though. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll be like, Damn, I'm just getting because that's like, like a, no. It, I mean, and uh, every time because like people will have their opinions of like dad i don't understand he's screaming and but mm-hmm. all these kids are going crazy for him. Right. And. I'll, my only answer to that, it's not for you. Right. It's for them. Right. And no, but even the things that are not for me, I could. it'll usually come on my radar. Yeah. Because like, I'm in the club, you know, yo, this song is hot, we got to play it, you know, whether it's, yeah. you know, I don't know, I can't, I can't give an example, you I know, mean, but. It, it, it's one of those things that um, the genre of what we do as quote unquote, quote unquote hip hop is very blurred. The thing about it is like, what Playboy Cardi, there's songs like, uh, he does like club gigs. Right. So like, he's been booked at like a story, like 11 during, uh, during Rolling Loud Miami last year, he was booked at 11. Right. So, but it's like, when you book it, his fans are coming and his fans are like, mm. pushing that, that agenda yeah. for like the mosh pits and everything like that's that. That's what it is now is that there's a distinction between club hip hop and mm-hmm. festival hip hop. Yes. It's like two different things now, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes those radars don't even get to my radar, like get on my radar because I'm in the club. So it yeah. doesn't. Like there, there's like Ski Master Slump guy, right? Like mm-hmm. he has some songs that could possibly go in the club, but it's not pushed in that right. direction. And then it goes to those fans that eventually might come to the club. They might not. Because there's like this whole thing now where it's just like people rather have like their house parties and, yeah, do it, you yeah. know, chill, kick it with their friends. It's like college kids stuff, really. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like some kids just want to turn up and have fun and they're not with like the ego and like trying to be seen and trying to be exactly. in the club. And I guess women, like, you know, I guess a lot of these, yeah, I don't, <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Like, I'm I mean, yeah, up just, with theories, you know? yeah. But, 
it, uh, it, it's really like another one that you know that is it amazes me too is 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 NBA YoungBoy because yes. he's another one to where. I see these stats of like this is the most streamed artist on YouTube like of all time like I don't want to say of all time but like in hip hop okay. this year and then I'm like damn bro I don't I maybe play one NBA young boy you know like it's not on my radar like uh -huh. that so it doesn't make sense to me you know what I'm saying but Th these kids are fans like yeah. like diehard fans like it's like the same idea as you know um you know Elton John has fans Elton John can come to yeah. Miami and sell out an arena right yeah we're not playing Elton John in the club. Right? Yeah, they'd have to pour, yeah, it could be anything from like Action Bronson. Like, yeah, like, like he got his like, core that's going to come out. He's going to sell come out. They to these shows. But it just doesn't come on the Venn diagram of like the middle or when yeah. everything, it does not crossover. It just and, doesn't. And it, and it really comes into like the machines behind them. Mm. Like if the machine really wanted to push NBA Youngboy music to the clubs, right. they would, you know, right. all, all the record promoters would be hitting us. Right, like, right, but, right. Yo, we need and this record. And then it's like, I don't even, I kind of don't even blame these artists for not reaching out to the machine because the machine is bullshit a lot of the time. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't need the machine anymore. You know what I'm saying? But. I think a lot of the NBA stuff too is like obviously he he makes good music. He puts out a lot of music. Mm -hmm. He's consistently dropping music, and his fan base ties into that and believes in that, and he monetizes it. So it's just like he's just dropping dropping music, and they yeah. love his music. He's he hasn't done show, I think like two years. He hasn't done the show if not yeah. longer. Um, I, one of his last shows, I think, was the Miami Rolling Loud Miami a few years ago, wow. like pre-COVID. Wow. And um, so it's just like you're talking about someone that's been on house arrest, dropping music, being one of the top listeners. Just artists. direct to consumer, not yeah. having to worry about no middleman, no, you know. So I can't be mad at him. But then I think to myself, like, now that he's at that level, maybe like spend a bag and like just you know. Take care of whatever industry people you got to take care of to get your shit on that level of like that great super radio. Like, yeah. yeah, now you can. But I think it's like a thing of like him them picking a song and sending it to radio and be like, "Yo, this is what we're pushing." Like yeah. it's not it's not a lack of it. I think it's just feeding the demo that he has. Right, right. Like it's like yeah, we're feeding the demo, we're monetizing it, and. Why spend more on radio? Why do this? And then once he's outside, it's going to be a whole nother level. Once he can do shows and tours and yeah. festivals and everything, that changes the, the whole landscape. And I think those, these guys don't really have singles either. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, they're just dropping projects. The fans know the whole project. They're just coming out and doing the project. Out. You know, it's not like... I did uh, Rod Waves another one of those guys. Mm. I did Rod Waves tour two years ago. Mm -hmm. And... um I, not to say I wasn't a Rodway fan, but I wasn't like invested in Rodway. Mm -hmm. That first show, I seen something I've never seen from any artist. Like, like maybe Travis, but like that that cult follow like the the crowd. So the crowd at his shows. It's such a broad crowd. It's insane. I've never seen a crowd like this. Because where, he's, I want to almost call him like R and like he's got R and B to him. Like yeah, it's like, like pain, pain trap. Like, yeah. but the the his lyrics, the music, the vibe, um, attracts a lot of people from different what. Like I've seen, I was seeing the 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 dope boy, the guy that just left the office. That's a lawyer. I seen grandparents with their grandchildren. The full families like dad walking in with the kid on his shoulder with the wife holding wow. the daughters like full and like like you got grandma singing the song next to the dope boy yeah, <laughs> sitting that, next to her and they and they have different experiences based on these songs but these songs hit people in their hearts so hard that it's just like yeah it it is some and I'll tell you a story. Like even uh, one of the cities we were at, we were out, we're at an amphitheater outside, mm -hmm. and it's like in the middle of the city. I think it was like North Carolina, and the police are like, "Yo, you gotta turn it down because the uh, the decibel level's too high, and they're gonna uh, give you a ticket." <laughs> the our uh, the the tour manager. <laughs> goes to the cops. He turns all the audio down in the show. It's the entire crowd singing the work you can't hear the music yeah, it's just... the entire crowd singing that loud like every show was so loud because every fan was screaming you 
you barely heard Rod the entire yeah. tour because wow. the crowd was, they were singing the ad libs. They were humming the music like from start to finish, like the first note hit and they yeah. just started singing everything and humming and like. He's a, he's a real, as soon as I heard him, I'm like, okay, he's like a real musician because yeah. it's like his production has like pianos and it's very, you know, I could see how an older generation could gravitate mm -hmm. toward it. And he's just melodic, you know, like yeah, he's and, 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 and his, it's, he's singing too, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. not, it's pain too, yeah. like at the end of the day. So there's so much about his music that is just real. Yeah. And it's he's authentic. like full band, full production on this tour. And it was just, it was magical, like just to watch it and see how people gravitate to his music. I was just like, mm -hmm. it's a, it was a def, definitely a, a dope experience being on tour with him and seeing that firsthand mm -hmm. every night in every market. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just like a Southern thing. We went to New York and it was the same thing. Mm -hmm. We went to Cali, it was the same thing. We were in Seattle, San Diego, Texas, like all through the country and people are fans of this man. How much are you, how much are you trying? Cause I mean, could we consider you like a tour DJ? You I have, yeah, like I have, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a DJ in any aspect that I can DJ, mm -hmm. play music, support an artist, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, even you even do, being you you but you do more shows like in in than clubs. Is that a is that is that a fair statement or no? No, 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 no okay. definitely the clubs are way easier. Right, right, right. Like, you know, just being in Miami, it's well, like I'm thinking about you being on the road for Rolling Loud. I'm thinking yeah. about you being on the road for these artists. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like you're on tour a lot. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, um, even then, it's like double down with clubs. Like I did two clubs when I was in LA for the festival. Uh, like okay. and so, it's always like club clubs home. Like it's just right. that's the that that's the where I like I have full control over it. Mm -hmm. Like I have, I can play. I can play. I like the top forty hip hop. Mm -hmm. Like I like that. I also like getting the energy and the reactions at the festivals and the shows out of the kids, but. I like, you know, playing Rihanna. <laughs> like right, I like, right. I like playing house music. It's, I like yeah. playing like all different genres, right. like Latin music. I like playing that. I don't get to do that necessarily at um, at Rolling Loud per se. Uh, I actually haven't really tried it. So that's something I think I might try. Like I never dropped like a Bad Bunny song at yeah. Rolling Loud. Yeah, seeing how that went i mean he got trappy songs i could easily blend oh, in for and sure out some, you know what i'm saying yeah, like for like, sure what what so i mean uh, so how how often are you on the road would you say are you it, it's like seasonal for me so like right now i'm in like uh we're like in the season so march la about to do south by southwest mm -hmm. then we're going to thailand and oh, beginning of April, I forgot about yeah Thailand. Yeah, Thailand. That's the first time going to Thailand. Also, we're gonna be in uh, Payada. It's like two hours out of uh, Bangkok. If I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, going to Thailand, and then there's like a break, and then July kicks in, and it's just like nonstop four shows, and or end of like literally like I think like June 29th all the way through the end of July. It's uh, Amsterdam or New or Netherlands, Portugal, Germany. Then we come home. We got like a week and a half or two weeks, and then it's Miami. Oh, so, so I say that to ask you, like the traveling aspect of it. Like, mm -hmm. does that? How do you manage that? Does that get to you? Like, oh, so much traveling. Is there a certain way you try to, you know, live your I, life? I'm or? learning. I'm learning how to master the traveling now, like how to minimize, like when I first, so I, even like that Rod Wave tour, like we're, we're driving it, right? Mm -hmm. So like I bring this big suitcase, I got all this stuff, like I just bring everything, that my, all my comforts from home. I got like a uh, Nintendo Switch, I got my iPad, I got two laptops, I got yeah. books, I got tons of clothes. Too much, too much yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, a week out and like we're going to Texas so we're going to make a loop back to Florida so I'm like I haven't touched half the stuff I bought so I just <laughs> dropped it back off at the crib and then like went out a little bit lighter mm -hmm. and so I'm like learning how to travel minimize be minimal on the gotcha. road uh sometimes that's hard with hip-hop because everybody wants to be stylish and everything yeah, but yeah. it's just like with the festivals a lot of it I'm learning is um like necessity and and uh practicality so it's like i'm not wearing 
dope sneakers that might get uncomfortable, you know, running around on foot for five hours. Like I'm mm. buying like Nike running sneakers that might not be the most stylish because they're going to get dirty anyway. Yeah, yeah. The dirt, But the, my feet are going to be comfortable and they're going right, to give right. me the right support. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like the right clothes that, you know, if it's hot out and breathing and mm-hmm. and. um so as far as the, t- the, 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 okay, so you're definitely taking less stuff you're learning. Yes. As far as like, you know, sleeping and your energy for the shows and things of that, what? Very, very important. So recently, like I've been on this like nutrition kick pretty much since like December. So like, so co- whole through COVID, all through COVID, I was running every day, mm-hmm. lost like 30 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. Got back to in the club, drinking, just life, yeah. eating, bad schedule, gained mm-hmm. it all back. So now it's more on like I um I'm on this like this like pretty much new lifestyle of eating nutritionally, eating balanced, mm-hmm. eating of uh, you know, working out every day, uh eating uh, organic food, no processed food, mm-hmm. no sugar, just like being that's mindful a, of, yeah, yeah, just like and making sure I have good energy, and then mm-hmm. that's transitioning into my everyday. That's just my everyday way of eating now, right? And uh, and lifestyle, working out, and meditating, and and mm-hmm. and just like making sure that like my stress, lowering my stress level, anxiety, mm-hmm. and. So when I do have to do these travels and these stressful things that we go through every day, that I can handle them a lot build better. Resilience, based yeah. Off your lifestyle that don't affect you as much. Yeah, you know, traveling the low sleep. Like this weekend, I mean, I was probably averaging like four or five hours of sleep, and still having good energy because I'm getting, I'm making sure I'm going down to the hotel and getting a good solid breakfast because I don't know if I'm going to eat through the day. Mm. At the festival, just in case, because I'm on call the whole time at the festival, they might need me at a stage or something like that, and um, so that plays a part. And then kind of just like working out, getting ready, like the same way people get ready for like marathons, like you're training for it. So yeah. it's just like my mindset's training. I'm I'm getting my making sure my cardio is up, making sure I'm getting the rest beforehand, mm. uh, stretching and. Stretching yeah. is a big, bro. I think stretching is a big one for me, yeah. bro. Especially, bro, because we're tall. Yes. I yes. don't know about you, bro, but my posture is terrible because yes, that whole... we're, we're all, you know, like, bro, I saw a short DJ DJ the other day, bro, and his his chin was at the level of the turntable. He's like, this. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I went, but his posture is not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. his posture is perfect because he's short, and I'm here like, damn. I thought about the other day, I played at one of my, one of my brunches and shit, and I, bro, I put the DJ booth, I mean, I put the controller on top of the the uh, the laptop stand. So the controller was like this, oh. and I'm like this. I'm like, oh shit, my shoulders are back. I feel I'm better. not leaned over. You know what I mean? Like, st- stretching is a big one for us. Yeah. Bro. I had um, a few years ago, I had like this neck issue, right? I'm like, yo, I don't know why my neck is hurt. I'm waking up every night, every morning, like with my neck hurting, right? I go in the chiropractor. They're like, oh, it's just like muscle tightness. You're having spasms. Da, da, da. They're like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a DJ. And they're like, oh. They're like, how you hold your headphones? I'm like, this. They're like, and how often you do that? All night. Yeah. They're like, stop doing that. So yeah. make sure, like, it's just like, I was like, wow. Like, I'm literally in the club and I'm like this, and my neck is getting yeah. like, so it's just like, yeah, like those type of things. Little mindful and- <laughs> things, bro. Like, I, I started like in between songs or because I could catch myself now. That's what mindful is. I like, catch you. So now I'll be like, okay, stand. I try to stand with my hands behind my back between songs. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that keeps my shoulders back and keeps me upright. Yeah. I just, when I'm chilling, I try to just stay with my hands behind my back when I'm chilling, you know? And, but yeah, bro, that's another thing, like your back. And then another thing that helps me a lot, DJs complain about back pain, all this shit. Like if you're in the gym, if you're a DJ, if you're going to go to the gym, at least do back, like, like do pulls, yep. do rows, do, do, um, lap pulls down because that strengthens your back muscles and, and you're not, it gives you more support to kind of, you know, so that's another thing to, I would recommend the DJs is if you're not a gym guy, just at least go to work out your back. Like, yes, you know, definitely like, get, get, I mean, Everything I think even like DJing as a DJing being as a DJ because most of us are doing two three hours we're on our feet in the standing. same place yeah not you're not moving, moving. and like that plays a big part on your legs your feet your posture so like I've been doing a lot of like yoga even like uh, feet stretches because like you 
you're on your feet in that same place is like uh, I didn't have a lot of motion in my feet. Mm. And that plays like when you're walking, running, everything, and your whole posture, your whole body structure is on top of your feet when you're standing. If your feet ain't right, everything That's else isn't. So it's just getting those type of things situated. But that, it's like training, though. Like when I'm yeah. at these festivals, I'm walking upstairs and I'm um, jumping around. Uh, you know, and the older we get, the the less yeah, <laughs> this yeah. stuff is, you know is forgiving. Me standing still. I said this the other day. I'm like, damn. Imagine if you could like wear like a little backpack with like a controller and you could DJ and walk around the club while you're mm -hmm. DJing. I'd be like, bro, that'd be amazing. You know, cause half the part the part of me that that I don't like about DJing is I have to be in the same standing in the same place. And I'm a very ADD like I like so I'll be in the middle of my sets like damn I want to move I gotta go to the bathroom just so I can move around. You yeah. Know? So I, I think to myself like when I work out before I DJ. I'm more at ease standing in the same place for three hours. You know what I'm saying? So I noticed that about myself too. Like if I could get a workout in, especially some cardio, then I'll be more at ease throughout my set. You know what I mean? And not like anxious to like want to move, yeah. you know? And I think also like with your mind also, like just like mind clarity, working out, getting blood flow and um, a lot of uh, DJing for me is like psychological. So when we're looking at a crowd, it's like, yo, what song are we going to play next? With lowering your anxiety, like, yo, is this song going to work? And being able to quit. You know, song don't work People and, don't like, freeze up. bro, like, that DJ, yo, you know what I hate about DJing? The worst thing I hate about most of about DJing is it looks like it's easy. Yeah. So people around you are like, bro, you're just DJing. But, like, bro, <laughs> I told them, like, you know, imagine playing Tetris on level 10 for three hours. That's the mental, the mental yeah. workout of what that is. You know what I'm saying? That is like a great analogy. People don't wow. realize they just think you're chilling, playing a song, mm -mm. talking to a girl, having a shot. No, bro. It's like your mind is analyzing everything. I'm thinking three songs ahead when I'm gonna play. Like, nope. bro, your mind is going a ten thousand RPMs, and people don't realize that shit. That when you finish after three hours, it's like I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't don't bother. I need to like decompress, bro. Uh -huh. you know? Like. It's, yeah, it's it, it literally is like you got it's you're multitasking too because like you're at the skill of DJing, right? Like mixing and the timing and everything. And it obviously like the longer we've done it and we've been doing it, a lot of those things are easier to like second nature. But like if you really broke down the skill of DJing and taking songs and mixing them and making sure the beats and you're using these. CDJs or turntables as a instrument in the mixer and all the knobs and the faders and we know exactly what this fader does and we're cutting this fader at the same time while moving this hand and this object to drop at that moment while this record's spinning it, it's a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, and then, simultaneously analyzing the yeah. crowd to make sure they're receptive to what you're playing. Yeah. Like, then you got bro. the drunk girl behind you asking you to play Bad Bunny. Yeah, then you got, yeah bro. People <laughs> then you got the promoter texting you, yo, we got a ball parade. Like, and then, you know, lights and... It, people don't, bro, people don't realize, bro. It's it's very stressful. It's almost, I would, it might be the equivalent, like a three-hour set might be the equivalent of like a nine-to-five workday for the average Facts. person. You know what I'm saying? Facts. Like, it feels like it to me at least. Now that I'm getting older, especially, you know, but um, what 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 are the plans for you, bro? Like, you know, you, you you've been doing the rolling loud for a minute. Yeah, you know, you're traveling the world. What what is next? Uh, for your brand? More, more of that. Uh, I dropped a few records uh, a couple years ago, so I want to work with artists, dropping records, singles. I've been doing mixtapes also with live mixtapes. Uh, some branded. Um, teamed up with uh there's a page uh, ig page brand called uh mosh pits dailies so they take a lot of like the content not just rolling loud but all these other festivals and shows and tours based off that culture mm. of these artists mm -hmm. uh that are you know mosh pit <laughs> it's yeah, in these like crowds the and it, it's been really dope so we've been making curating uh mixtapes based on those type of artists and also giving opportunity to independent artists to be on those mixtapes. So uh and then I make I make the mix mixtape, put that on live live mixtapes, and then I take that playlist and create it on Apple Music and Spotify. Dope. So so people could listen on a DSP as a playlist exactly. or listen to the whole mix. I'm so it, it, one of the uh, independent artists, this is really dope, like one of the independent artists that we put on the tape just dropped the song the same day we dropped the, the mixtape in that playlist. So his song was on the playlist 
And like two weeks later, he sends me a screenshot like, yo, thank you so much for the opportunity. He got like 4,000 streams in two weeks off a brand new song. Wow. That was on the playlist. Yeah, that was on. And it's showing specifically the song, the it's showing specifically how many streams he got from that specific playlist too. Right. not even just like all his streams. Wow. So it was really dope to get that type of feedback. Cause like, I don't get to see how many times yeah. a song gets played from my side right, of watching, right. seeing that playlist. But, um, having that type of like feedback is really dope and showing that we're doing something that's really helping and supporting independent artists as well as showcasing you know, the guy, the underground hip hop right. or close to mainstream now, uh, hip hop that is, you know, has that mosh pit fan base. So right. been doing those and then artist mixtapes and Dope. things like that. So, okay, shit. Anything else you want to promote? Anything you, you, you like to do? What do you like to do when you're not DJing on the side? Oh, uh, I just picked up playing golf actually. Yeah. Yeah. Man, <laughs> that's funny you say that because I have a lot of, I'm like the, 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 the one who's the, out of my friends who's not doing that. Bro, you know? I like, it, it was kind of crazy because, um, Never ever in my life would I thought I would enjoy playing golf. You like, went to like top golf one time and you like hit the shit not, crazy. Not even like, top golf. Bro. No. Oh, I, I was, <laughs> every time we went to top golf, it was horrible. Could not hit the ball. Like I'm just swinging, and it was like the height thing. Like I'm just like yeah. I had no clue what I was doing, and um, I started seeing like a culture, uh, like hip hop culture gravitating towards golf. So I'm like, all right, there's something here. Then you see Khaled. Yeah, and I'm like taking a mainstream. Yeah, and I'm like, let's go play golf. And I'm yeah. like, all right, let me let me go see what this is about. So, but is it golfers got to wake up early, right? Five or could we golf later? We in can the golf day? late. We okay. can golf whenever we you golf feel like night. it. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not well, to... not no. night. Well, you go to range at night. We go to range okay. at night. Um, but yeah, like like five, seven in the morning, they're out there. Yeah, right? not for me. Bro. Yeah, but you can go in the middle of the day. But okay. it's it's in Florida, so it's hot. So, yeah. but. I just bit like I went and took a, a golf. Le- I took a few golf. Le- I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, I really get it because it's like, um, it's a sport that like you you're mastering yourself, kind of like DJing, right? Like where you're like, you're not really competing against. You're competing against other people, but uh-huh. it's really about you mastering the skills, right? Yourself. So it's like me being able to hit the ball and how well I hit the ball and being able to get distances and and uh figure out it's it's just like another like a uh, constant adjusting to like exactly the, and i would imagine since we're djs and we're around fucking craziness all the time uh-huh. i would imagine that you know that's serene it's but it's, it's peaceful. calming too yeah you know what and I'm at saying? the like, same time you're hitting the ball as hard like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like it, it it's just a it's a it's almost like a um it's just one of those things that, like, I just start in my my free time, like, just going to the ranch, hitting balls, like, yeah. uh, and it's a workout. Like, yeah. it's a workout. Uh, working tons of muscles, legs, back. You know, you're you're twisting. You're trying to get the technique right. Uh, even like the train. Like, I started digging into like what the pro golfers be doing. They're training, bro. Like, it's crazy. Like. The stuff they do is, is is wild, and um, and we, I mean, we live in Miami and Florida in general, right? It's yeah. like a, the, the golf mecca. So, the um, I haven't actually played, but like a, a full game yet. So I've just been going to the range trying to hit, just perfect, hit. Before yeah, you step try on to it. hit. But I, I, I plan on going as soon as I get back from Austin and going to play on the range. Um, but I've been enjoying it very, very much. Uh, that's one thing that uh. And then I'm finding out like a lot of people around me, a lot of homies, other DJs, a lot of people are playing golf. Damn, low they key, play, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everyone's like, oh yeah, play. Got let's go. <laughs> yeah, like, yo, when you playing golf, like what the fuck? Like that, uh, yeah, that's what everyone says. It's a great networking. Yeah, thing to yeah, do. the networking, everything. So, what else? What else are you doing on the side? Oh man, um, yeah, work a lot. A lot of my life is just music, DJ. Yeah. Uh, you know, got married a couple of years ago. Had a wedding oh. last year, so oh, that, that that was a blessing. Thank you. How do, how does how does um how do you navigate you know your relationship with your lifestyle? I would That's imagine a good question. Your, your so girl my wife was very understanding. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah. So my wife was in nightlife. She was ball girl at uh, Cameo. Okay. Um, and uh, it's crazy how we met because we met. I uh, was going to Full Sail in Orlando. And then she was there also. And then, like, uh, we were just, like, friends 
for a long time. And then, you know, we decided to start dating and uh, moved down here, moved in together, and then got married. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, so it's just I like know, a long I'm so story. I'm curious about these paths, bro, because I'm yeah. like, here, like, okay, so like, um, okay, how long were you dating before you guys moved together? Oh, uh, like two years. I was living in Orlando, so she'll be coming okay. up there. I'll, I'll come down here. And um, because I'd be thinking, if I'm like, damn, how now that I'm getting older, like, how quick should I be moving a chick in? It depends. You got, I feel like you got to try it out. Any, like, yeah, you know what I mean? so it's like, like, let's get to it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, I'll be yeah, like, big surprises. Yeah, like, like, yo, <laughs> it's like, yo, let's get this out the way now. You know what I'm saying? So, I, um, you know, if we, I mean, it's just a trust thing, bro. Like, yeah. it, it's like, if it's someone you can trust, that's a big. Trust is a huge, huge, huge part of, I think, any relationship. If you're living with them or not, it's just trust. Do you think that, because I agree with you, and do you think that, because I've dated the, the women that have worked nine to five. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, dated the women that work in the nightlife that, like, you're a girl, that they understand what we do. Yes. And then I've dated the women the nine to five who kind of don't understand what we do. Mm -hmm. What do you, do you think that helps, like, the, the girl who comes from nightlife because she can understand us more? Do you think that... I think if you have the right girl from nightlife with the right mentality, yes. Because mm. not, uh, as we know, not just being from the nightlife. And the same thing, like the nine to five, there's nine to five girls that understand like what you do as a job. You go to your job and yeah, your job is fun, but it's a job. I think a lot of people mistake that DJ part of like, like oh, like your we're job's not participating in the bullshit. Yeah. We're just kind of working in it. We're... I, I just so happen to have a job where I can drink. You're and right. like, right. It, that's cool, but it's like, I also seen a lot of DJs get fired and banned from clubs mm. for drinking too much. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it real it's, it's balance. It really is balance, man. Um, even being married, it's just like I gotta make sure I have balance, like with work, family, you know, time for myself, like spirituality, everything. Just everything's like a balance. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't think it's like a broad answer to that. Yeah, I think everything's yeah. situational when it comes right. to you know the right pairing up. Right. And um, but yeah, definitely as a DJ, I feel like life is a lot easier when you have a significant other that understands what your job is and has trust. Right, because I always say it takes a special type of girl to be with to be with someone that does what we do because mm -hmm. it takes a certain type of security. Like yes. she got to be secure with herself. Yes, we're gonna be around girls. We're gonna be around drinking. We're gonna be around the bullshit. We got you know people. Look at us. I don't want to say like celebrities, but they kind of do. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like we got the clout as what a. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so. I kind of, and one of the things I do though too is I'm very transparent. So I'd be like, oh, like if something crazy happens, some girl pulls up on me or da da da. Says I'm telling my wife, so she ain't surprised. Like that's, bro, <laughs> you know, that's that's interesting that you say that because I had this talk before, and I think it's our. In, in a relationship, I think it's our job. You have to go out of your way to make her feel secure. Yes. That way, that, you know what that, I'm saying? That, that, that is the point. Because it's like, yo, even in our business, it's like associating with other women is part of it. So she knows right. I'm going to have other girls' numbers in my phone, not because I'm trying to get with them, because right. it's business. It's a connection. It's, it's like, almost like it's better to be like, hey, babe, look at this crazy chick on my DM. Yeah, it's exactly. almost better to show her. <laughs> so she's like, okay, he's being transparent with me. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It's like, not, it's, it's, so yeah, there's no surprises. There's no nothing. Right. Like No one can say. No stones like, left unturned. Yeah, like, someone's post something crazy from... Because nowadays, though, with... Uh, with the um the AI stuff, like you can make oh, up. God, bro. Now, that's a whole other conversation. In itself, you could do bro. anything. So it's kind of like. I said the other day, five. I think I'm gonna have a drop from every artist in the game. Exactly. Now I'm about to get my Bad Bunny drop. I've been wanting for a long time. Exactly. I might edit that out, but yo, when I come with the Bad, yo, you listen to Casey Chop, you gonna be like, holy shit, you got the Bad. Nope, that's AI. I'm editing that out. Yeah. <laughs> but it, that that's the thing. It's like yo, you. I mean, you've seen it though. You've seen the DMs and all that stuff from other people, yeah. like it edited and chopped and scary, videos and bro, everything scary. so it's kind of like you got you got to protect yourself you got to have like the receipts i guess for well, every, every situation yeah, that's one of the things that's putting the fire underneath me to like commit and like find something serious bro because it's getting scary out here for single that's just dating, the other you know side of it like, too is just like 
you see some of these horror situations. You're like, I've, I think in the last like week or two, I've seen so many reports of, oh, uh, this rape case got thrown out. This rape right. case got thrown out. This like, and right. it's just like because just the accusation is gonna end you. That's it's, it. Or it's gonna, it's no one's gonna, gonna like. Yeah. That's it. Like you're seeing like. Uh, some of these football players in college that got accusations and literally like, you know, they're first round NFL picks and their whole career is done because it took three years for all the proof and situations to come to light to show what it really was. And now what they could have had their life yeah. be is completely gone. Or who or, or or Michael Irving dog with the Super Bowl thing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? This girl like, just said she, he didn't do nothing wrong. She just said she made him he made her feel uncomfortable. And she went to the to the boss and and, and then the, the Hilton Club went to the the NFL and now he couldn't do any Super Bowl uh events because of what some girl said he made her feel uncomfortable. Yeah, like bro, it's, it's just getting like, scary out that's, there, bro. That's like, super scary. So it, um yeah it's just kind of like being very all like, I, I I keep a distance in situations yeah. like that, and um, being married helps. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Having that significant other helps. It's like that excuse, like yeah, nah, I ain't pulling up over there by myself. Like nah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Like it, you because, know, bro. I mean, now like we are people know us, bro. Mm -hmm. So it's day. We're a target now. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna say we're an NFL player, but like it's yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely it's, like it's you be amazed like. Some of the the things I get DM to me when festivals come around. Oh, <laughs> like, oh my God. Yo, that, that's a segment in itself. Of yeah, just you showing your DMs before rolling loud. Like, yeah, I imagine, like oh like, yo, can you get me passes? Can you do this? That I got my homegirls in the park. Like I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm cool. Yeah, I'm sure, you got, to respond, I'm sure you got your phone on D and D that whole day, bro. You would have to, like, no, I, like one of the hobies he got. He just turned. He got another phone for the festival. <laughs> So he could turn off and then only people that need his contact yeah. have that number. So wow. it's like, you know, it, yeah, it gets a little crazy. Um, and at the same time, like I got homies, I try to help and situate if I right. can and possible, but that it only goes so far. I'm limited. I don't yeah. own the festival. Yeah. I'm an employee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've always had the belief, bro, where I don't want to force myself. Like I want to be there because I was asked to be there. Got you. I don't want to go somewhere and try to like finagle my way in and try yeah, to all that. If it's that hard, bro, yeah, because it's not natural. It's not organic. Yeah. It's not like you're not called to be there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if there's somewhere I go, I got a plug. I might hit them. They say yes or no. I'm not. I'm not doing all that. Right, yeah, right, I'm not right. Doing, like, I'm like, not nah, cool. If I really want to go, I'm buying tickets. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. If, if, if I could get into anywhere, I need to. I could go in to. To, uh, whether it's Diddy's New Year's party, whether mm -hmm. I could hit up people to get around to get wherever I want to go, but I want to be invited, bro. Yeah. Like it don't feel the same. It just feels like I'm you're prematurely like, like hacking the universe. You know what I'm saying? Like you're that's not what, what's for you is for you. Right, <laughs> right. Like I you like don't force shit. You can't force shit. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So yeah, it gets uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah, if I'm gonna be at Diddy's yeah. party. Trust me, he's gonna be like, yo, pull up to the party. You know what I'm saying? That's like, always been a thing too. Is like the the finesse like that's that's like a big thing um as far as what though like like with the festival like people try to finesse things so like you'll see like like randomly you'll see people selling like artist bands and all this stuff oh. and like or like they're trying to get like comp and like i'll be like yeah i got you no like, yo can you make it plus three i was like it don't work that way yeah like so it's just like this finesse or they're trying to get places they don't they don't yeah. like you give them an inch, they try to, to take a mile. Exactly. So it was kind of like, um, yeah, it, 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 people do the most mm -hmm. a lot of times, and a lot of times it's gonna kick them in the butt though. Like yeah. at, at the end of the day, like because like not gonna, I'm not gonna mess with you. Most of the time when they're selling those tickets, the bands they don't even work anymore because like everything's like the RFID technology and stuff. Oh, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you're scanning in and everything. We turn them joints off. Mm. Like it, they're not accounted for. So yeah. Damn, yeah, don't buy don't buy no artist bands because yeah. you're getting finessed. That's yeah. period. Like you're getting finessed. It's like a joke. Yeah. When yeah. we see it. So tell bro uh, plug all your social media bro. Yes. Uh DJ Five Venoms. DJ F I V E V E N O M S. Uh Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. 
Damn, you're on the TikTok. I gotta get on the TikTok. I'm, TikTok. I'm very slow on the TikTok. I got like 500 followers. Okay, me too, bro. Like, like and it's like it. Uh, it was funny. I was working going. I was talking. Uh, I had a homie. Uh, his name is Schwan out in uh, LA, and he's like, I call him like the TikTok guru. Ooh. And he he explained to me how TikTok works and like what it is. You're creating content that appeals to people, mm-hmm. and that's who follows you. So it's kind of like, um. That's why you got a lot of people dancing. That's why you have a lot. Of, there's a lot of different niches to it that you kind of like right. tap in. And you, once you get your niche, mm-hmm. that's how you grow your account. So, but I just I I, I post on Instagram so much, I always forget yeah. TikTok, and it has to be a certain yeah, way. My issue with that, bro, and I have this issue with YouTube and even my podcast, bro, is that I'm I don't have a niche because I like too much shit. <laughs> so, like, if my podcast, if I only had DJs on. It might grow a little quicker, but I'm more of like, I want to have a bartender on. Like, I don't really have a niche. I'm so unorganized. But it's a culture, right? It's like right. you're Miami on the rock. It's like, it's the, 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 you're, you're portraying or you're showcasing the culture that you're surrounded in. Right. And, um, that's a, I feel like that's a niche to me. I right. enjoy it. It's not, it. It's not yeah. like a spit. So it's just a little, a vaguer of a niche. So it'll yeah. just take a little longer to grow. It, you know, if I just had, bartenders or I just had girls or just had DJs and yeah. DJs know I got this is the DJ podcast but it's hard because I'll go viral with a with a with a with a with a with a DJ podcast mm-hmm. then I have a porn star on the next week and it's a whole different audience like yo we wanted the DJ who's this porn star <laughs> bitch and then this guy's like yo this porn star chick was lit who's this fucking DJ you know what I'm saying so exactly it's, exactly that's what's harder in, in 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 my world about you know curating content is not having a more of a specific niche but it's all good you know it, it, it'll grow at its pace you know Exactly. Oh my brother, I appreciate you pulling up. No, I, I feel like this is the you. first like my damn bro. Like go ahead and fucking put a montage of all the failed handshakes. But yeah. I feel like this was the first time we actually like got to have like a real conversation. Nah, it is true. So, like we always see each other like, like, overdue, like, bro. like you know, so I appreciate you pulling up, my brother. Nah, uh, definitely. DJ Five Venoms. Bow. <laughs>